turn to Matthew's gospel for our reading today in the fifth chapter. I'm going to read the first 12 verses. Let us listen as God's word is shared. When Jesus saw the crowds, he went up the mountain. And after he sat down, his disciples came to him. Then he began to speak and taught them all, saying, Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who mourn, for they will be comforted. Blessed are the meek, for they will inherit the earth. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be filled. Blessed are the merciful, for they will receive mercy. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they will see God. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called children of God. Blessed are those who are persecuted for righteousness' sake, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are you when people revile you and persecute you and utter all kinds of evil against you falsely on my account. Rejoice and be glad, for your reward is great in heaven, for in the same way they persecuted the prophets who were before you. This is the word of the Lord. Join me in a prayer. On this special Sunday, we ask a special blessing that you do bless us with yourself today, that you walk into this room and into our hearts so that you may come alive in our lives as we live them. We pause for a moment to listen, to hear, to be attentive to what you would have us hear, what you would say to us this morning. We ask that the words of my mouth and the meditation on all of our hearts be acceptable in your sight, O God, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. So most of you know that the verses we just read from Matthew are fondly often referred to as the Beatitudes, right? The Beatitudes. What you may not know is that the word Beatitude comes from the Latin Beatus, which quite literally means blessing. I remember my first memory of being, of reading the Beatitudes, at least my first, first time I recall it. I was a little kid. My mom used to put on our refrigerator a chart of scriptures that we were supposed to memorize, my brother, my sister, and I. We each had a different chart that was appropriate for our age. I was the oldest, so I got the, you know, the old chart. And the reason I remember the Beatitudes in particular is I remember looking at what my sister, who was much younger then, had to memorize. All she had to memorize was Matthew 5, 8, blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. I had to memorize all 12 verses, not just, I just wanted to take up a something with management on that deal. And I remember my mom saying something like, 
Well, you're not just supposed to learn them, you're supposed to live them. Insinuating that I was not living them <laughs> at the moment. It's my first memory. And ever since then, of course, you know, I've seen them everywhere. We see them everywhere. They're all over. Our world is quite littered with pieces of this group of, of verses, these beatitudes. We see them on cards. We crochet them into prayer shawls. We hang them on the walls of our homes. They're everywhere. And because they're everywhere, and we're so used to referring to them as its own thing, we make the assumption that they are their own thing, that they stand alone somehow, which of course is not true. That somehow Jesus got up in front of the people and, and said this by itself and then sat down. But that's not the case, of course. These are the beginning words, the first words of His Sermon on the Mount. We often assume that they're encapsulated in their own thing. And because we assume that, we tend to additionally assume that they are marching orders, like my mom said to me. Marching orders. Jesus is stepping up and saying, go and be merciful. Be a peacemaker. Be poor in spirit. But of course, when you read it, that's not what he's saying. He doesn't say, go and do, but blessed are. Blessed are. It's an indicative tense, which is a statement of fact, rather than an imperative tense, which is a go and do, call to action. Blessed are. Jesus is not getting up and giving us marching orders. He's instead getting up and comforting those who sometimes feel this way or find themselves in these places. Blessed are. In other words, he's standing up and instead of giving us marching orders, he is giving a recognition of a reality. He's, he's standing up there and trying to answer the question right off the bat of where God's blessing is. Where is God? God is with the meek. God is with the poor in spirit. God is with the peacemaker, the merciful, the one who hungers and thirsts for righteousness. That's where God is. God is with the unexpected people. They are blessed. They are blessed. So the Beatitudes are not supposed to necessarily be call goals that we're supposed to attain for ourselves. That's not what they're supposed to be. They're good aspirations, good practices, nothing wrong with that, but that's not what's intended here. He's stepping up and telling us how God blesses us. So you know what they're also not meant to be? 
They're also not meant to be labels. People aren't either meek or merciful. People aren't either poor in spirit or pure in heart. They're not either or. They're not meant to be simple labels that we stamp on other people in order to box them in. No, instead they're meant to be traits of character so that we might actually begin to see the fullness of others. In other words, there's a little bit of each of the Beatitudes in all of us to varying degrees. The reason I can say that is because these things Jesus speaks of, these Beatitudes we call them, these things, they're from God. These things are, are from God. They are blessings that God places on our hearts. That's what they are. They're from God. And because they're from God, I have to therefore believe that they are in fact, in some mysterious way, present in every single person I come across. That's not easy, is it? I can think, I can write a list. I can write a list of people where I'm like, there's, I don't know if that person knows what mercy even means, much less how to live like it, right? But I have to believe it's there. Because mercy is from God. I have to believe it's, it's there somewhere that it's possible that it might come out someday, even if I don't see it right now, this person standing right in front of me who at this moment is really irritating. I have to believe that there's mercy there somewhere. Because it's from God, blessings are from God. You know, you know when, when you meet somebody and you start a relationship, a friendship, and for the first period of time, I've always been fascinated by how this works relationally, right? And for the first period of time that you've met someone, you're bringing your assumptions that you have of them, right? From whatever, you know, from just what they look like or what you've heard or what, you know, they wrote somewhere or something. I, you know, you, you bring your assumptions about them to the relationship and yet, slowly but surely, over time, those assumptions, many of them, turn out not to be true. Slowly but surely, as you get to know someone else, the things that you thought they were actually turn out not to be true as the unexpected person in them starts to show up. You start to see the person behind the facade, the person where Christ is present. happens with relationships. The more you spend time with someone else, the more you start to actually see God's blessings 
in them. The one, the person God knows that slowly is revealed over time. It's like you get to peel away the layers. I love that about relationships. It's what relationships are all about. Seeking, discovering God's blessing in someone else and then being blessed by them yourself. So I've been the pastor here for nine years. Do you believe that? Some of you are like, yeah, feels like 90. <laughs> More like 90 years. Nine years. In that time, I've learned some things about you, about this church. I want to lift up just a couple, just a couple of them. Want to know one thing about yourself? You don't like it when something is unfair. You don't like that. I think part of it is because you, many of you understand what it's like to work hard and sometimes feel like it's never getting you anywhere. And you understand that. Some of you feel like, no, you understand, you know, and have had parts in your life where, you know, you've, if your next paycheck didn't come, you didn't know what you were going to do. You've had that section in your life or maybe you're in it now. You understand that. You understand what it's like to work hard and, and maybe not quite get somewhere where, or, or something. You get that kind of what feels like unfairness. And so whenever someone in, is in needs, whenever someone falls through the cracks that you become aware of, you respond immediately. You always have. I've heard that from previous pastors here that's always been here. All we have to do is turn on the bat signal and you guys come running because you don't like it when someone unfairly falls through the cracks. You know what that is, right? It's mercy. Blessed are the merciful, Jesus says. For they will receive mercy. There's a backside to that quality, though. There is a backside. Every strength has a weakness, right? There's a backside. The backside to that is when there is a huge willingness and a desire and time given to helping other people. The backside is that that in and of itself can become a mask that someone wears so they do not have to look at themselves. Spend all the time we can giving to someone else, filling a need over here and over there so that we don't have to talk about what's going on in here. And I've seen that. We all struggle with that one. It's our brokenness. What did Jesus say? Blessed are those poor in spirit. For theirs is the kingdom of God. The last thing, which is tied to the first one, is that you don't like it when something is not right. You want things to be right. 
They should be right. They should feel right. This does not feel right, Andy. (laughs) Doesn't feel right. You want things to feel right. They should be right. I know that because when something doesn't feel right about what the church did or something happened in the church and it didn't feel right, which happens, you know. There are people in the church and we mess up. Sometimes things don't feel right and when it doesn't feel right, boy, I hear from you. I get a phone call, email. Uh, my first response is usually to try to calm you down. You want things to be right. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be filled. You see what I'm getting at here? Over time, I've begun to see your blessings. We've slowly been peeling back the layers as God uncovers that unexpected person. And they are blessed. You are blessed. I want you to be able to see that and believe that about yourself. I want you to be able to see that and believe that about others. And I'm convinced that Jesus Christ wants that too. Let us pray.